Section 60 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marie Christian. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Segur. Execution of the Carabineer Guth. On the 3rd of February, 1850, a soldier, the carabineer Jean Guth, aged 30 years, was condemned to death and shot for the murder of his captain. I was then chaplain to the military prisons of Paris. I saw poor Guth for the first time at the prison of the Council of War when he was only accused. He received me with joy. I had, he said, one moment of madness and desperation, this came to me as a judgment from God whom I had abandoned. Now I have only him. Henceforth he is everything to me. I have nothing left but him. I told him that I would return the next day to reconcile him to God. He thanked me earnestly. How much good you do to me, he exclaimed. I do indeed need your help. On Sunday the 26th of January, the day before his condemnation, he received communion, and so deep was the impression made upon him that he was quite overcome with emotion. He believed that I should not come till late in the day, and was perfectly ready to fast until five in the evening, so lively was his faith. At his trial he was considered impassive. He was only peaceful and resigned. He even intended to declare at the tribunal that he recognized the justice of his sentence, but he had not courage as he had great difficulty in speaking French, being Alsatian, almost German, by birth. It is better as it is, he said to me when giving me an account of the trial. I should perhaps have said too much. It is sufficient that God knows everything. Why should I think of men? I have nothing left but God. Then he added, If I had always prayed as now, I should not have done that. My father used to say to me, Fear God always, pray to Him. He is our only good. Everything else is nothing. But in the regiment it is so difficult. You are surrounded by young men who only speak of evil. He refused to appeal to another counsel. My sentence is just, he said to me many times. It would be to go against God. I do not desire to be pardoned. It is a necessary punishment. I must expiate my sin. Only I would not be shot at once, but have time for repentance. When the keeper of the prison asked him if he desired to sue for a repeal, he said, Why should I? That is not my hope. On Friday the 31st he was transferred to the prison de l'Abbey to await the result of a petition for pardon, which I had addressed in his name, to the President of the Republic. He was always calm and peaceful. On Sunday morning, the 2nd of February, I brought him the Holy Communion for the second time. I did not know that his end was so near. He was full of recollection. He wept in communicating. It was in the evening, at a quarter past six, that the commander, Monsieur de Pont, announced to him the fatal news. I was with him at the time. He heard it with resignation. He then repeated that his sentence was just, and that he utterly repented his sin. I remained alone with the poor condemned man. I quite expected it, 
he said, but not so soon, in a few days. Ah, well, that does not make much difference. And, strange to say, I am quite calm. I have no weight upon my mind. I remained with him for two hours. I pointed out to him some passages in the imitation of Jesus Christ, and I saw his whole face light up at some of the words I read. He spoke very little, but I felt that the purest and most elevated expressions of faith and love to God found an echo in his heart. When I told him that I should come with him as far as Versailles, he exclaimed, Oh, you are giving yourself too much trouble about me. I left him at about half past ten, and when I exhorted him to pray constantly, he answered, Yes, I must make much of the time that is left to me. I must not think of being tired. I shall have time to rest with God. In the morning at about half past three, I took him the holy viaticum. At four o'clock the prison van was at the door. He thanked the keeper for the kindness he had shown him. There were tears in many eyes. Farewell, Guth, said the keeper. Die like a brave soldier and a good Christian. During the three hours and a half that the journey lasted, his calmness never forsook him. God was with him in that hour. Our Lord is with us, my child, I said to him. And if we have Jesus, we have everything. Yes, yes, he answered. I am quite content. And a moment afterwards, I hardly like to say so, but I feel as if I were going to a wedding. God has permitted it all for my good to save my soul. It is a great consolation to me that my poor captain died a Christian death. I shall soon see him again. He is praying for me. He recited the rosary, his eyes fixed upon the crucifix with love. My God has saved me, he said. I believe that he will be very merciful to me. He went up to Calvary carrying his cross. I am with him. And, like him, I will gladly submit to everything if they desire to bind me or bandage my eyes. Soldiers are lost, he said again, because they will not listen to you. Without you, without religion, the whole world would be lost. We passed close to the barracks where he had committed his crime. He said a prayer for the captain. I cannot conceive what possessed me, he exclaimed. I did not desire his death. And a minute after, if by a single sin I could escape being shot, I would not commit it. That is what I feel. I have nothing left on earth. I am going home to God. At half past seven, we stopped in the plain of Satori, near Versailles. It was the field of the military maneuvers. We descended. Guth was pale but composed. An officer read his sentence. I recognize the justice of my punishment, said the condemned. I repent of my crime. I ask pardon from God, and I love him with my whole heart. Then he knelt down. For the last time I gave him the crucifix to kiss. Father, he repeated in a changed voice, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I unite my death to that of Jesus my Savior. Farewell, farewell. I embraced him. He extended his arms in the form of a cross and bent his head. An instant later human justice was satisfied, and the soul of the poor criminal, purified and transfigured by religion, entered into the bosom of him who pardons everything to the repentant sinner. End of section 60